is the second Sunday of Advent, and Advent is the season in which we, we prepare and, and anticipate the coming of Christ at Christmas and his second coming. Uh, last week, we started a brand new sermon series where we're looking at the stories that we tell. Every year, we tell the same stories, we watch the same movies, we sing the same songs, and all of it because it, it resonates with us. It helps us to to get in the Christmas spirit, to, to connect with the story on a deeper level. And this week, we've, you've heard lots of stories, I'm sure. And you've heard stories of the, the big man in the red suit, you know, that goes ho, 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 jolly old Saint Nicholas, Santa Claus, Kris Kringle, whatever you want to call him. You know all about that guy about how he flies through the air on his reindeer on Christmas Eve, and I'm sure you know all the reindeer. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Yes, Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. It's a song that we've sang over and over again. And back in 1964, they, they made a TV special about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And it, it followed the events of the song, telling about, about this reindeer. And, and in the show, Donner, who is Santa's lead reindeer, he has a son. And he names this son Rudolph. And Rudolph, from his very birth, he was different. He had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even say that it glows like a light bulb even. And, and they knew that this was different. And, and Rudolph wasn't going to be accepted because he was different. And so from the very beginning, Donner, he looked at his son and he said, we need to cover this up. And so they covered it with mud. They covered it with a fake nose. They did what they could to make him appear normal and it worked for a while until one day as as the fawns were learning how to fly as they were preparing to try out for for santa's sleigh team lo and behold the the fake nose falls off and rudolph's difference is made known to everybody and his friends begin to laugh at him and he begins to be shunned and even even coach comet he, he expels him from the reindeer games. Now, this rejection, this is something that we often associate with Christmas. I'm sure you've heard the stories of, of the baby laid in the manger and, and the shepherds that came to visit him. And we, we read about that in Luke chapter 2. As Luke retells the story, telling us in those days, Caesar Augustus declared 
that everyone throughout the empire should enroll in the tax lists. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to, the, to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. I'm going to take a little side note here. What we just read was the, the common English Bible, and it's, it's a translation that I, I like using it many times because it, it doesn't have a whole lot of fluff, and, and it's easy to understand. If, if you just want the message, it's very good at, at relaying that message. I wouldn't use it for deep biblical study, but, but general reading, I find it very good. But in that translation, you may have noticed that it said that there wasn't a place for them in the guest room, where maybe more traditionally, you're used to hearing that there was no room for them in the inn. I'm not going to get into the whole thing about that. There's a whole lesson in there, and we're actually going to cover that and look into that in our online group. Um, so if you haven't joined that online group, I would encourage you to do so. The week before Christmas, we're going to cover a whole bunch of Christmas stuff. But for the time right now, the, the word that Jesus uses, or the word that, that's used that is translated guest room here, it's the same word that Jesus uses when he's talking about preparing the upper room for Passover. And so guest room is an accurate translation but in our understanding of, of how things worked, maybe in gives a, a better idea. Again, I'm not getting into that this morning. I just wanted to, to address that. But as we read this story, this story that we hear every year, it doesn't sound a whole lot like Rudolph, does it? I mean, Rudolph was different. And Rudolph was rejected. But as we read this story of, of there not being room for them, I don't see it as rejection per se. If anything, it was more a, a lack of planning. As the scripture tells us, there was a, a census that was being taken. We do this here every 10 years. And what, what happens in the census in, in those days, they would take this census to evaluate how many people were in each area and assess how much tax each person had to pay, and they would use it as an opportunity to conscript young men into the military. Well, the Jews were kind of excluded from that, but they still had to go for tax purposes. And the, the easiest way to disperse all of that was to send people back to their hometowns, and since, since Joseph was of the line of David, then he went back to that city, but he wasn't the only one. Anyone else who had that same lineage would be doing the exact same thing, going to the exact same town for the exact same reasons. And so Bethlehem was, was flooded with a whole bunch of extra people, and they just didn't have the capacity to hold them all. This is, this is what we see. Bethlehem was busy. And it was more a, a lack of preparation. They, they weren't 
ready for all of those people. They weren't ready for the Messiah to come and to be born. That doesn't sound like the story of Rudolph. It sounds more like the Jesus' parable of the ten virgins. We read it in Matthew chapter 25, and, and Jesus tells the story of a, a wedding banquet, a wedding parade that's going to take place, and there are ten virgins who are, are going to be participating in that wedding parade, but they don't know when the groom is going to be coming. And so they, they have their lamps in there to wait with their lamps until the groom comes, at which point they will participate in this parade, but some of the some of the ladies didn't have enough lamp oil to keep their lamps burning all through the night. And so partway through the night, they, they go off to buy more oil to be prepared. But when they come back, the groom has already come and the parade has already happened. And they've been left out of the wedding feast. And Jesus gives us the, the moral of the story, what we're to take away from it. In Matthew 25, verse 13, and he tells them, therefore, keep alert because you don't know the day or the hour. I'm sure those, those women, I'm sure they had excuses. They, they had reasons. Well, it's not my fault. I, I, the, the oil salesman wasn't fast enough or, or I, I didn't have an opportunity. And I'm sure that they could have come up with any number of excuses as to why they weren't prepared. But none of those excuses mattered. Because the truth of the matter is, they weren't ready. When the time came, they had not prepared. They didn't have their things in order. And as a result, they missed it. That doesn't sound like Rudolph. Rudolph was outright rejected because of who he was. But as we continue in Jesus' story, that's exactly what we see as well. Isaiah prophesied that that's how it would be. Back in Isaiah 53, he tells us he was despised and avoided by others. A man who suffered, who knew sickness well, like someone from whom people hid their faces, he was despised and we didn't think about him. Jesus was rejected by the world. Jesus was rejected by his own people, the people who are supposed to accept him. All the other reindeer, Jesus was excluded. Rudolph was expelled from the reindeer games because they weren't ready to accept someone who was different. They weren't ready to receive the light that he had. It's like we read last week in John chapter 3. We said this is the basis for judgment. The light came into the world and people loved darkness more than light, for their actions are evil. All who do wicked things hate the light and don't come to the light for fear that their actions will be exposed to the light. This is our reaction to the light. When, when our lives are filled with darkness, our reaction to the light is to fear the light. It's going to expose things. It's going to show who we truly are. It's going to, it's going to shame us. And so 
our natural reaction is to reject it, to push it away, to to curse it, to, to speak against it, to get rid of the light so that it can't shine and show what we are truly like. Either that or we just ignore it. And I think that's what we see in the nativity story. As Joseph and Mary come to Bethlehem, it's not that they were rejecting. It's not that they were trying to push them out. They just, they didn't do anything to prepare for them. They didn't do anything to get ready. And that's kind of what we tend to do in our lives. If something is uncomfortable, well, the easiest thing to do is, if we don't outright reject it, to just, well, it's over there. And sure, I I know it's there, but... But if I don't think about it, then it'll just go away. And we busy ourselves and we we do other things and we don't prepare. And we use all those other things as excuses. Well, I I have to do this or I have to do that. Well, I don't have time for that. And it's an excuse. But just like the virgins, it, it doesn't matter what the excuse is. It doesn't matter how many other important things you needed to do. The fact of the matter is you did not prepare for what was the most important thing. You didn't make room. You didn't make time for what was truly important. And as a result, we miss the blessings that are intended for us. See, Rudolph and Jesus, they're they're more similar than you would think. Because they were both rejected they were both cast out they both offered light to the world but the world chose to run from the light whether we we actively reject the light or or whether we we passively just ignore the light the remedy is the same thing john tells us at the beginning of his gospel The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. That's what we've been talking about. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children. Not born from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. And see, that's that's the remedy. That's how we we tackle this problem. When when the light exposes that which we do, when the light exposes that which is wrong and wicked, our tendency is to push it away, to run away from the light, to ignore the light, if nothing else. But the remedy, the proper reaction, is to embrace the light. The proper response is to receive the light and welcome the light. Because when that light comes, when the light shines on our evil deeds and our wickedness, we have a choice to make. We can choose to reject, we can choose to ignore all that stuff that we've been talking about this morning, or we can choose to receive it. We can choose to to trust in the light, to allow the light to expose all that is wrong, And to receive and let the light guide us. That's what what the story of Rudolph does. 
Because on, on a foggy Christmas Eve, when, when there was a blizzard, when, when you couldn't see anything, on that foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And then all the reindeer loved him. As they shouted out with glee, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you'll go down in history. But the truth is, Rudolph hadn't changed. Rudolph didn't cater to the group. Rudolph didn't change himself so that he would be more palatable to the group. Rudolph, Rudolph was the same as he was before. He carried the same light that he had before. Rudolph hadn't changed. The light hadn't changed. What changed was the reaction of the other reindeer. The others finally saw the value of the light. The others finally chose to receive the light, and they were better for it. Jesus is the light of the world. And as Scripture tells us, if we live in the light in the same way as He is in the light, we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from every sin. That's the power of the light. The light will not only expose the darkness, but it will cleanse the darkness. It will cast away the darkness. The question is, will we receive the light? Will we walk in the light or well, we choose to reject it. Some people do. We talk about Ebenezer Scrooge, who rejected the light, who pushed it away, who wanted nothing to do with Christmas. But more commonly, more commonly, we just choose to ignore it. And we get ourselves busy, and we fill our schedule with a whole bunch of other things, and we don't prepare. It's not that we're rejecting it. It's not that we're, we're choosing to, to kick it out, but we don't allow it in. See, the story of Rudolph is a story of, of acceptance and understanding and, and receiving people who are different. The story of Christmas, the story of Christmas is a story of, of preparation, of not just allowing things to happen, but getting ready, getting your house in order, making sure that, that you are ready and able to receive the blessings that God has for us. And so the question is, will you be prepared? Will you be ready? Because that's what we tend to do is we, we we don't reject Christmas, but we don't prepare for it. And we, we have a, a lot of good things. We fill our Christmas schedule with, you know, we have to buy the presents and we have to do the decorations and the lights and, and we have to get all of that ready. We have, a, we have parties to attend and to schedule, but we don't prepare and make time. We, we, don't, we don't make time for what's truly important. And because of that, we get too busy celebrating Christmas and we end up missing Christmas. 
And so my encouragement for you this Christmas season is as we continue in our march of Advent toward the coming of Christ, my encouragement to you is to make time, to prepare, to make room in your life, in your schedule, to put the important things first. Because it doesn't matter what excuses you have. It doesn't matter what reasons you have for excluding or ignoring Christ at Christmas. The reality is that if you don't make time, if you don't prepare to celebrate Christmas, then you're going to miss out on the gift that God is so freely giving to us. Heavenly Father, I pray that this Christmas we would make room. That we'd make room in our hearts, that we'd make room in our schedule. God, that we would be intentional about planning and preparing to receive that which you have for us. Forget all the excuses. None of them are important anyway, but God, may we, may we take time. May we take time to dwell with you. May we take time to meditate on your word. May we take time to just sit in your presence and to understand how great this gift is that you want to give us. And God, as we walk in the light, as you are in the light, God, may we, may we then truly begin to celebrate what Christmas truly is. Go with us this week and this, this Christmas season. And God, may we continue to put you first above all else that we may truly experience Christmas. In the holy name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. God bless, and we'll see you next week.